do my thing. I want to get into it, man, you know. Like a, like a sex machine, man. Moving, doing it, you know. Can I count it off? Welcome, welcome, welcome to the African American Man Podcast Show, The Tough Love Messenger. I am your host, King Vision. Our message and agenda is encouraging accountability, leadership among the African American man within our communities. You can find us at itrnradio.com. Happy belated 4th of July. I hope everybody had a nice celebration, but as usually within our community, we have shootings, and it seems like that's part of our culture, and it's a, not a positive image that we need to display for our young adults and our kids. And then we also had some issues with the Supreme Court deciding to make a decision six to three on affirmative action. Now, for me, are they teaching us how to focus on going to an HBCU rather than to their colleges, meaning white folks' colleges? Um, Therein lies an opportunity. And just recently, there is a video going around that shows this young man hitting this woman like a full-grown man. And I, I am just so sickened by this. But one of the things that I love to say on a regular basis is if this is going on right now, and like the young lady said, this is not the first time that he's hit a woman like this because he had no reservation. The question I have, what is it going to be by year 2065? Lady Future, let's clip it. We will not be your docile slave. We will not be a footstool to oppression. Most of all, we will not dress up this genocide and move and call it police brutality. We will only pledge allegiance to the truth. Black America... I hold you accountable. You must stand. You must fight. But not with violence and chaos. With self-love. Learn to love yourself, Black people. Unify. Group economics. Black women, you are your brother's keeper. I know it's heavy, but forgive him. And heal. His manhood was taken from him a long time ago. Build him up. Black children, breathe. Learn. Grow. And live. And question everything. Black men, stand up. 
you know, it, it's interesting. Um, a lot of times on this show, uh, I always ask myself, what will it take? And I believe that was right around the time of uh, George Floyd killing. And this is a, a young lady. And, and I don't really mean it with any type of disrespect, but my point being is, this is a young lady that is communicating the basic, simple things that we have to do. And she said it basically in a nutshell. But the thing that stands out to me the most is she said, black man, protect your family and your community, period. So what is it going to take, black man, for you to realize that we are the gatekeepers? We are the family builders. And our women have always been by our side. And even with her limited time on this earth, she still had it in her heart to say, try to forgive the black man, okay? But my position on this, as an African-American man, you didn't have enough babying, okay? You had enough coddling you. It's time for you to step up because anything that happens in the next 20 to 50 years, we own it. And later on, I'll talk about something uh, that's really blatant in our community. But we want to keep the show rolling. Lady Future, let's clip it. I don't respect nothing about you. you. And there's many like me who don't respect you. And we coming. We waking up. I've been woke. But I'm starting to wake up other people to realize y'all ain't And we're going to start speaking out against y'all and start making it known that y'all ain't And the black community's tired of y'all pimping our people, exploiting our people. Y'all get money and y'all turn worse than an oppressor. Y'all are the oppressors. Y'all hand in hand with the oppressors. You ain't for the people, you for yourself. Every idea you come up with is destruction. Everything you stand on is destruction. Every now and then you serve turkey dinners and do something positive, but for the most part, y'all ain't You ain't no legend. You a weirdo. Gang banging. All that is for weirdos. If it ain't community, revolution, and progress, it's weirdo. It's dumb, dumb. Bull. All you so-called legends. You pieces of I don't respect Nothing about you. F- you. And there's many like me who don't respect you. And we coming. We waking up. I be- You know, um, what I love about our people, and this is what I mean when I say African-American men and African-American women, we cover the gamut from gangster to the highest level of intelligence and educated individuals. I mean, we all fall in the middle. And so many times when we communicate, rather than listening to the delivery, we need to learn to listen to the content of the conversation. And this brother, he's coming from a place, he is tired of seeing this. And what bothers him the most And I'm paraphrasing. 
because I kind of fall in that same category. When is this going to change? Because I stated before, we're running out of time. And we're getting to a point where we won't be able to turn back the hands of time. And not that we want to turn them back that far, but we definitely want to go back to the basics where our family unity, the last time it was solid was in the 60s and the early 70s. And we got to go back to that because if we don't, we don't have a chance. And what I mean by don't have a chance, I mean the people that were born in year, year 2090s to 2000, 2010, and 2020, what blueprint are they going to use? What culture are they going to adapt? What environment will they come up in? And what world will they create for their future generations? Lady Future, let's clip it. That of the neighborhood is because the concept and function of neighbor is missing from the environment where we share space and time. So we've got to get back to that it takes a village to raise a child. We have to get back to the principle of shop with your brother before you shop with another. We have to get back to that principle where we start calling one another brothers and sisters. Because if I'm your brother and some and, and the sister is my sister, my son is her nephew and her daughter is my niece, every problem becomes a family problem. And I think that if we did that, we would graduate out of having sympathy for one another into having empathy for one another. Sympathy means that I don't like that something happened to you bad and I feel bad that you feel bad. But empathy means when whatever happens to you, I feel it like as if it, as if it happened to me. When we get to that level, I think that we'll uh, be able to see that thriving instead of surviving that we see in the inner city communities. The reason we call it the hood instead of... You know, it's so interesting. Um, you didn't talk about adapt today's culture for tomorrow's future. He said, go back to it takes a village to raise a child. And that is so true. And I'll give you one example of why it's so important to have a family unit. I remember when I was at my partner's house and the sun, you know, was getting dark. And my partner's mother asked me, hey, does your mother know where you are? And I said, yeah, she knows where I'm at. She said, you know, I feel more comfortable if you call her and tell her. But as a child, I don't really understand why she's telling me that. I just told her, I, I know. she, My mother knows where I'm at. That's not the point she's making. She is coming from a standpoint of a mother. And not only would she like for someone to do that for her child is that the motherhood and the culture that she grew up with is within her to have me call my mother. And so I had to get on the phone. I called my mom and I told her my partner's mother felt much better because she knows what it would feel like as a mother for her not to know where her child is at that moment.
These are important small nuggets, but they're nuggets that we grew up on. And now you can't find them. It's like a grain of sand. Lady Future, let's clip it. Created a black Disney channel where we got black children and stuff, but if we keep waiting on the white controlled media to raise our kids how we want them to be raised in, uh, we gonna be slaves again. Because that's a society norm. And the rate of black people in America, they can vote us back into slavery, people. We do not have a permanent right to vote. Slavery was a, uh, a the, the abolishment of slavery was an amendment, huh? It was an amendment. There's talks of a new crime bill coming, kind of like the 1994 Army's crime bill. There's talks of that. Why do you think you see so many videos of us shooting, us fighting, and you never see the video of the Buffalo kid, the kid in Buffalo, New York, who killed the 10 black people? You don't see that video float nowhere. You don't see the video of the, of the, 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 the Mexican kid in Uvalde. You don't see nothing but us that look like savages. It's gonna be a society norm, homie, where uh, they're gonna take our rights in fear of them not being able to be protected from us. Uh, we're looking like the planet of the apes at, at, at this time in society. Uh, everybody think we're a savage. Uh, everybody's starting to spit on us again like they used to do our ancestors. If we created, you know, sometimes we don't like how this brother come across, but he's definitely spitting some serious knowledge. And they can't vote us back into slavery unless we're directing our people in that direction. And one of the ways is to make sure that the African-American man does not take pride in the family unit and in his community. And if you don't take the pride, you know, when do you learn? At what point do you learn? There has to be an example. There has to be a role model. But in the next 20 to 30 years, there's not gonna be any role models. Because right now, our youth are telling you how they resolve things. So it won't be because they'll vote us back into it. There won't be any community. It'll be a community of savages. And what I mean by that, <clears throat> excuse me, there won't be any businesses in the community because one, you don't have a job. If you don't have a job, then you don't have money. And companies and corporations only go into an area where they can seek profit, generate income. And then even if they were in our communities, the quality of employees that they have to pull from, from that community,
I need not say any more. Lady Future, let's clip it. To say what I'm saying, and nobody has never said it, and they're just so happy to see a black man who will stand up and jeopardize every court he's got to tell the truth. So, like Floyd Patterson and other fighters, they just don't take part. They make a million dollars, they get them a Rolls Royce, they get them a nice home, they get them a white wife. Well, I made it, America's great, and the rest of them catching hell, and he won't say nothing. But when one man of popularity can let the world know the problem, he can, uh, he might lose a few dollars himself telling the truth, might lose his life, but he's helping millions. But if I kept my mouth shut just because I can make millions and then this ain't doing nothing. So I just love the freedom and the flesh and blood of my people more so than I do the money. You can take it sure and play it right in Washington. Let Nixon hear it. <laughs> you don't have the nerve to say what I'm saying. And That's why Ali will never, ever be forgotten. And before we go any further on the next clip, you're going to see the, the opposite. And one of the things um, after this next clip, I'm going to elaborate on the fact that what's the average age of our billionaires and what's the average age of our millionaires? And when I use the word millionaires, I'm only talking about people that have enough money to use their resources and make social change if they apply themselves. Lady Future, let's clip this. Louis shit on, the Gucci shit on, bragging about how much money he got. Well, you look at a guy like Muhammad Ali, who was all about the people, people that are poverty stricken and hungry. You know, he was a, he was a true humanitarian, whereas personality wise, Floyd Mayweather comes off like a fucking douche. So again, if we talking strictly boxing, then that don't mean shit. But if you want to throw that into the mix, well, then, you know, that's why people have a love for Ali, because Ali was more than just a boxer. He was a statesman. This nigga was a pie piper for poverty and for and for the voiceless. He stood for something. What does Floyd Mayweather stand for besides look at my 18th Bugatti? Look at my watch. A nigga should get a diamond crusted book. Show that off, nigga, so you can read diamond pages. Oh shit. Floyd walks around with all the Louis shit on, the Gucci shit on, bragging about how much money he got. Well you look at it. Now, what is that? 50 year, we're talking 1963. Let's let's do it this way. 60 years later, we have a brother that can make a difference. And all he talks about is I. Now, what happened in between that time that created that way of thinking? Now, the Europeans had a little bit to do with that because that's European thinking. And there's a difference between Eurocentric thinking and Afrocentric thinking. Euro is about me and I. Afrocentric is about we. So again, that's 60 years ago, and this is the best that we can get. And as I mentioned, how many billionaires, and I'm talking about when I say billionaires, I'm only talking about African-American. So going forward, when I have this conversation, understand I'm talking about African-American people. How many black billionaires that are 70 years old? And I think we only have our queen, and that's Oprah. I don't know. And when I say billionaire, I don't mean millionaire. I mean billionaire. And I think maybe the brother... Um, 
that had the newspaper publication, uh, Mr. Johnson, and what's going to happen when they leave. And then everybody else under that, mm, when they're in their 60s, late 50s, they should know better. Most of their money should be going to the community. I would like to ask, how much is their money in black banks? Even if you don't trust us, you should at least have 25%. If you have the ability to put your hands on 50 million, 15 million should be able to be in an African-American bank. But if you ask me truthfully, if you have 50 million, 25 million should be in a black bank. And that in itself will help the community without you really lifting a finger. It's the mindset. So as I always say, utilize your resources and influence to make a difference in the African-American community. Lady Future, let's clip it. Entertainer for being an activist. For is it fair to criticize an athlete or entertainer for their failure to be an activist? Absolutely not. Why? Dick Gregory, at one time, was the most prolific black comedian in this country. He was still an activist. Harry Belafonte, one of the most prolific black musicians, he was still an activist. Let's look at Muhammad Ali, who gave his whole career up as a protest against white supremacy, trying to send him to go fight against yellow people when the white man ain't even making America safe for black people. Look at Colin Kaepernick in the knee that he took. Look at Kyrie's stance against the repudiation by the European Jewish community. The black athlete and the black entertainer, Aretha Franklin. We can go down the whole list of blacks who put themselves on the line. When Angela Davis got arrested after George Jackson's execution during his prison revolt, Aretha Franklin said, I will pay her bail money. I want her out. Aretha Franklin, the queen of soul, says, I'm going to finance the freedom of the most revolutionary black woman in America at that time, the most hunted and the most wanted. We have always had a history of entertainers. Jimi Hendrix wanted to finance the Black Panther Party. And as a result, he was assassinated. Let's look at uh, Sam Cooke, who was friends with Malcolm and Ali, Jim Brown. And Sam Cooke said, when Malcolm and King come together, I'm going to finance the movement. Sam Cooke, first major artist to own his own masters. So look at our history. It is replete with black men and women who use their platform as an athlete and an entertainer in order to speak against and actively fight against injustices against black people. So the question becomes not whether or not it's acceptable to criticize them. The question in reverse is, why does the 21st century Negro athlete get a pass where no other athlete has received one? And Dr. Umar, I gotta throw on one thing before you continue, mm -hmm. right? It was a different ecosystem during the time. Mm -hmm. It was a different level of uh, collective um, mind frame. Mm -hmm. And also the whole social and political environment was different. Mm -hmm. So that kind of bred that type of energy. Mm -hmm. That has not existed in this time. So we're looking for an expectation for someone in that time, in this time. And that's why I said to criticize the athlete. You know, 
I find it extremely difficult to be able to handle this, but I understand where the young brother's coming from. But that's not the point. The point is, why isn't this consciousness there? And um, a couple of shows ago, somebody mentioned something about Willie Lynch, and they said it's still prevalent today. You know, Ali had an interesting approach to boxing. And if you notice, he didn't work the body. See, Joe Frazier worked the body. Tyson worked the body. They had people that worked the body. But Ali's approach, heal the head and the body will follow. So when they assassinated Malcolm X, when they assassinated Martin Luther King, Maggie Everts, when they start to eliminate the head, the body cannot function. And the African-American community is the body. So they don't get a pass. And that's why I say over and over, when judgment day comes, you will be accountable for the lack of love that you have for your own people, the lack of love that you have for your own family, and the lack of love that you have for the future generations. And again, why is that? Because the African-American father man is not in the household leading the family. And we can use every excuse in the book, but at the end of the day, you're going to hear and know it's because the African-American man turned his back on his community and once you train a couple of those that get a couple of bucks, they will follow suit. That can't continue to happen. There has to be a change. And we'll talk about that a little later on in the show. Lady Future, let's clip it. State of hip hop in relation to the black community um, is consciousness and self mastery. What do you feel like the current state is? I think it's in trouble. Um, I think, you know, I forgot who was saying it, but it was saying for one of the first times in history, hip-hop is not really giving us the instructions on how to live better, right? It's not a representation of consciousness on a daily basis, right? Hip-hop has always been influenced in some sense, re-adding those core values, revolting against the establishment, right? Now it's so much controlled by capitalism, right, that everybody is making records for money. Right? Nobody's doing it for the people, for the culture, right? for the movement. And so hip-hop is in trouble of not being hip-hop anymore. And it's just being another music genre that's out there. And the core values of hip-hop has disappeared. What do you feel the current state of? You know, many of us, and one of my colleagues, he can't stand hip-hop. And he has to quantify this by saying the word gangster rap. And the fact that we elevate that mindset for our children to hear, that really just tells you right where our community is because our music always dictates the consciousness of our community. And I'll give you a time, and, and I'm mature enough, but my father wasn't gonna take that chance while I was little. So one day my dad went to work and I guess he forgot something, he doubled back, and he was in the house before we could change the channel because we didn't think he's coming back because we had this routine. But we were watching Amos and Andy. And 
my father almost turned into the exodus. He about lost his mind because he didn't want his kids looking at buffoonery. That used to irk my father to no end. But I understand why he was like that, but not at the time, because there was no time for understanding. He would always tell me, when you get kids and when you get older, son, you'll understand. But right now, turn that shit off. So we had to follow instruction. But where he was coming from as a father and wanting the best for his boys, he was spot on. And that is long gone in the community. Lady Future, let's clip it. Baby daddies and baby mamas in here, raise their hand. Come on, man, hands should go up like Jesus. We gotta end the baby daddy, baby mother culture. We gotta have nothing but family culture. That's it, nothing but family culture. Because this solves many of our problems. Most of us have emotional issues because of family, that's it. Most of our issues stem from our connection to family. Entrepreneurship is a thousand times harder because of the expectation you have on family to support it, to be there for you. Because when you go back early industrial age days, black people were the first product and they were owned by families. This is how they learn their structure, how to create products, how to do branding, how to do marketing, how to do insurance, I create bonds on, on, on bodies. They learn all of this from us as their product. They learn people management skills from slavery. How do we manage a staff? How do we psychologically control the people? Everything was built off of you, the first product in America. How do they continue to control it? We need you to be dysfunctional as a family forever. Because when you're functional, look, a healthy family, y'all eating right. Y'all thinking right. If y'all eating right, y'all spending less money at the liquor store. Y'all spending less money at the fast food joint. There's less death and diabetes and disease in the family. Less mental health in the family. Our solutions is they failure in business. So they don't want us to get it right. Because if you get it right, you stop supporting them. How many baby? You know, when he first started talking, it it tickled me when he asked that question. You know, how many baby daddies in here? Hands ought to go up like Jesus. I have to admit, it was tickling me and it's still kind of funny. But it's not funny with the rest of what he said. But what he said was right on point. But again, our challenge is, how do we get there? Well, one of the ways we get there, we put together all of the African-American men that have influence and following and resources in every category. So that means the gang member uh, that's gotten out of the gangs and realized the destruction that he did to the community, we get a hold of them. We get a, a hold of their athletes, with the salaries, then we get the agents together. We get the politicians together. And while I'm talking about the politicians, every black politician that's in the Congress, your only agenda, and I'm saying if I'm running things, your only agenda should be how are we going to get reparations for our people? And to show you how much white folks hate black folks, or despise us, why don't you just give us the money right away? But because where many of us are mentally thinking, we're going to give it right back to you. But it's not in you to do the right thing 
before us because you're angry that we have achieved and accomplished some of the greatest things with ungodly odds. And we have done it with the highest level of excellence. I'd be pissed off too. But again, it starts with us and it starts with the family and it starts with the black man. You can't keep having these types of clips, conversations and focus and I don't hear anybody say at the very end that's the black man. No, African-American man, if you do not step up, if you do not start to come together as a collective, if you do not drop that ego that you carry, if you do not protect the community and your family, when economic slavery comes, don't be walking around with your lips hanging talking about what happened. You are what happened. Lady Future, let's clip it. I don't think so. Run it in. You know what's up. He ain't with the gangland like that. You throwing them ends up, that's going to cost you. What you want to do? Pay the Crips for the rest of your life? You get what I'm saying? Like, you ain't never been to the 60s, nigga. You keep throwing up ends and all that shit when you in throwing up seeds and all that, nigga. You ain't even from this shit. You ain't even from this shit. No way, shape, or form. Like, when you get put on in Memphis, dead homies. Like, come on, let's be real, cause like, 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 start being real with yourself. You a basketball player, cause you want to come step into this field. We can show you a whole lot about this shit. Set up a meeting for me and John Morant, since he want to be a crip. Oh, sick. So I bet you he don't never show up. And it's on some friendly shit. I don't got no beef with you, John. And then you throwing up sixties and you kicking it with, I don't know, who's your end, Quando Rondo? <laughs> Who do you know over here? How do you feel? You know, this interview, I got to tell you, there's times when I get disgusted. But when we turn around and interview someone of this culture and mindset, because what really is he talking about? Do... Does anybody have anything to say good about a Crip? When I hear the Crips, excuse me, the only thing I see is the Crip walk. And you show this magical way you can do your fingers. I don't hear nothing about the Crip supermarket. I don't hear nothing about the Crip automobiles. I don't hear nothing about the Crip plumbing company. I don't hear nothing about the Crip the Crips uh, painting uh, company, corporation. I, I don't hear anything about the Crips uh, um, trash can, uh, shall I say, um, engineering, uh, universal engineering. I, I don't hear anything about that. But I will tell you what I hear. I hear gunfire. I hear death. And I hear... Uh, on this side, the east side, uh, they got together and they did. I, I don't hear anything about protecting the community. So the fact that he's talking, what is he actually talking about? I can show you the lifestyle. What lifestyle? Taking out grandma's trash? Painting the church? Cleaning the streets with a broom? Is that the lifestyle that they're talking about? I mean, I, I'm not sure. Somebody help me. 
They got the Crip bus line. They got the Crip Uber company. No, they don't. Okay. So again, the fact that we're talking like this, this is for real in our communities. Lady Future, let's clip it. On the Brock Newman show a few weeks ago, my brother, man, that brother said, you got two choices. You can attack them through violence, or you can attack them through money. Now, everybody's not afraid to kill each other, but we seem to be afraid to kill a clear and open enemy. So if you ain't gonna take them M16s, them Kalishnikovs, and all this other stuff that you rap about, killing each other with it, if you're not gonna take them to the streets, then at least to my rappers and my entertainers, help these people direct their money in a way. If you're gonna buy a wing, stop asking Rick Ross on it first. If you're gonna go to Chick-fil-A, guess go to the one in Greenbrown, Cap Creek. But don't allow a dollar of your money to leave your community again and to these dogs that ask for your vote, to these dogs that ask for your money, and to these dogs come begging for you to get back into their economic system. Don't you spend a dollar. If you're gonna buy some hair, buy it out of a trunk from a black person. But don't you spend a dollar with a dog who don't speak up to you. You know, David Banner said that he spoke on the you know, and that's Brother Killer Mike. I'm sure y'all can recognize his voice. And it seems like the passion is increasing. But again, without the African-American man in the community taking his responsibility and then teaching cultural collectivity, because I don't hear Hispanics saying, go to the Hispanic market, go to the Hispanic restaurant. I don't hear the Asians talking like that. I don't hear the Armenians talking like that because they have culture collectivity. But we have to talk like that because we don't have the culture collectivity. And it's non-existent within our community. So... Until the African-American man decides to make a serious commitment and get down on his knees and tell his community he is sorry for abandoning the community, abandoning his family, and not protecting the black woman, the black mother. Because at the end of the day, we can go on and on and on, but I'm going to drive this point till the wheels fall off. I'm not going to shut up about this. Lady Future, let's clip it. And, and you, you are an intelligent yeah. black man. You are the master of your own fate. The white man has been scared of you for years because of everything that is in your blood that all you need to do is activate and you will become the captain, the man of whatever you set your mind to. For 400 years, we were held in captivity. We built this country for them, and they still expect us to pay taxes. And yet, we've managed to thrive. They didn't have to do no work. They have 400 years of free labor. And we still have become millionaires and billionaires and this and that. Imagine if we actually really took that and put it to work. Imagine what you could do. Stop playing it so light. You're heavy. Talk heavy, baby. Talk heavy. Okay. Um, this is one of the statements I don't need to add to it. We just keep it pushing. Lady Future, let's clip it.
arguing with white people about racism because we don't recognize that they have no intention of having a genuine conversation with you about racism. No narcissist is ever going to have a genuine conversation with you about how they abused you. You think if you just explain it to them a little better that they'll get it. Meanwhile, it's you who doesn't get it. They know. They're only playing dumb to drain you of the energy that you are expending trying to seek their validation and understanding. The goal for Wazungu in discussions about race is to further manipulate you and avoid accountability. We do not need their understanding or validation to solve the issues of racism. We are divinely gifted with everything we need to solve our own internal issues as long as we know who we are. Remember, your healing is in your culture. We you know, I always have loved being a part of the African-American community. And I'm so thankful for God that he created me as an African-American. But more than that, man, I love our sisters. Because when they speak, they're so eloquent. And Man, they, when they get on your ass, I'm telling you, they put it in such an articulate way, it is unbelievable. But the last two clips, ain't nothing like a sister. Lady Future, let's clip it. To talk back, apparently. That's new, because when I was coming up, you I wish I would have fixed my mouth to question my mother. Today's kids, they no, we need to have a discussion. No, let's talk. First of all, don't just come in my room. You need to knock. I'm sorry, I need, I'm sorry. What did you say? I need to what? You need to knock because this is my private space. This is my area. Oh, is it? What's going on in here? What you watching on TV? Give me that phone. You don't even have a phone. This is my other cell phone. This is my other bed. You don't pay rent, gas and electric, car, no insurance. You don't pay for groceries. All of this is mine. You need to put kids back in a kid's place. Stop trying to make them adults. They're 14. Stop talking to them like they're grown. They're not grown. You're grown. But even if one of my children decided they don't want to be mine, they can't. They don't have the ability to not be mine. Because they came from me. They have my DNA. They can't erase that. The Bible says when we are faithless, he is faithful, for he cannot deny himself. I don't know who this is for, but God's been running after you because you look like him. You know, because today kids get to talk back. You know, I like this because can you imagine our parents and grandparents? What if they came back and they walked into your house and they were ghosts, you know, just sitting at the table? You know, you get your ass whooped, right? When they listen to their great grandkids talking in the way that they're speaking. And, and not not to mention the entitlement, man. <laughs>
my mother used to have this saying. I never understood it. It took me a long time to understand it, right? But like they say, you'll understand when you have kids. My mother would say to me, the more I talk to you, the dumber I get. Now, I'd repeat it in my head. You know, I dare not, you know, mom, what does that mean? You know, then I got to wake up from a coma two days later. So she said, the more I talk to you, the dumber I get. Meaning no matter how much she talked to me, I still do the same thing. So it's kind of related to that. The definition of insanity is doing the same thing and expecting a different result. Lady Future, let's clip it. Debt, cut the check, or no reparations, no vote, 2024. If you are running for office, do not think you are going to win your election if you don't have a concrete plan for reparations. Biden, do not seek a second term unless it's accompanied by an executive order for reparations for descendants of American chattel slavery. So now this is a threat to the current sitting president, the man that they put in office, um, to say, if you don't make this a nationwide executive order, you don't get back in the White House. I mean, this is this is really this is over the top. And then you know what? Everything was good to the white lady start talking. OK, we don't we don't need to hear nothing what they're talking about because they were never a slave. But just like Ice Cube tried to get us to see during the last election, and I think it's time for us to start taking a hard look at this as African Americans, because what's the worst that can happen to us? It can't be any worse than what's going on now. So what you think? Let's roll those dice. Lady Future, let's clip it. The black woman got a right to be angry when she's been raising two-thirds of the kids by herself for 50 years? And the minute she raised her voice, we say she's not humble enough? She had I, I, to become masculine to survive the rape, I, the molestation, I, the domestic abuse. Are you telling me you can't see how I, we created that? I understand that, but she needs if to be more If we was loving selective. our women and, and taking care of our women, do you think she would be like that? That if, personality if, has if a she, history. If, if, the black woman has been the be-all, in-all in our community for half of a century, and now we want to turn around and say because she didn't do it perfectly enough or remain feminine enough when she had to absorb our responsibilities plus her own, that's insensitive and disingenuous. I don't, I don't, I don't yeah. believe. You don't think the black woman got a right to be angry when she's been raising two-thirds of the kids by herself for 50 years? You know, I like chess and I play chess, right? So in that case, it's checkmate. But because I'm from the African-American community, I like to change it and say, domino, on your backs. There's nothing else to say. Lady Future, let's clip it. Father is not just a father to his children. That's your first level. But every one of us as men, once you start having babies, what kind of environment did you bring them in? Well, my home is peaceful. My home is nice. My home is a God-fearing home. Praise God. <laughs> What's happening next door? What's happening across the street? What's happening in the playground where your son or your daughter got to go and play? What's happening in the school? Don't tell me you're a good father and you don't have any community interest, no community concern. 
because once you provide a child with life then you gotta look at all aspects of life and become intimately involved with the development and nurturing of that uh i don't think i need to say nothing else lady future let's clip it and now when you and i say no yeah well like i gotta teach everybody okay when i was at this level i could deal with you <laughs> but i'm not at that level no more see i i went here then i went here now i'm here so the deal's gotta be here <laughs> gotta match. Exactly. and, and no, i'm not hating yeah. everybody don't be mad at me when i say no yeah. but the deal's gotta be here because i tell you you can learn a lot from billionaires they said the same amount of time it takes to make a million dollars is the same amount of time to make a hundred million dollars. Of course. I've time. been putting that in my mind. Time is the key. Time is the key. Every deal takes time from you. Takes right. magic getting on the exactly. phone, calling people. Exactly. So it might as well be a deal that's going to make you a hundred million, not a million dollars. We just talked about something. <laughs> yeah. You know, I got nothing but love for magic. But again, when we start talking about money, and we're talking about how we got it, um, how you can no longer deal with somebody at this level, that's European thinking. That's a Eurocentric culture. You can call it what you want, because you don't hear any conversation about, and don't get me wrong, Magic tried to help in the Crenshaw district area. He had his own theater. He had some restaurants, but he bought those. But he wasn't involved in the day-to-day -day operation in terms of what I always say. You have to work with people that run businesses to help the organization grow. But again, when you reach a certain level, you don't think to go back and reach for your people. And this has to be something that you have to do till it hurts. You almost have to do this till it kills you. If there is nobody that can match Muhammad Ali's outlook on life and commitment, we're in deep trouble. So there's one Ali, early in the show, you've heard several other people that Dr. Umar Johnson mentioned, but there should be at least a thousand Muhammad Ali's. Easy. And unless we start to look at things in this manner, let's start talking about, well, will they have us picking cotton again? No, they won't have you picking cotton. But what they'll have you doing is the free labor. And how this is going to look is they're going to come pick you up in a bus they're going to drop you off at people's homes. You'll work for eight hours, and you can't run because they're going to have an ankle bracelet on you, okay? And then after your eight hours, you go back to your home. You don't get a salary. You're working for shelter and food. And those of you African-Americans are listening to me right now, whatever you do, do not say that can't happen. Because what direction do you think we're headed in? Do you think people are about to invest in us? Do you think people are going to invest in the African-American community? 
especially the way AI, artificial intelligence, is growing, you, you're not an asset. You're a liability. Lady Future, let's clip it. No one comes through this life unscathed. No one comes through this life without a little bruising. And no matter what you accomplish today, remember this, that you all are black men in the United States of America. And you better remember what that means. That means you live with a legacy of trauma where your bodies have not been appreciated, where your skin has not been honored. You live daily with trauma. Black men in America live and deal with trauma and its tentacles hover over your possibilities. During your matriculation, you learned that. During your time in school, we saw this country in racial turmoil. Why? Because we discovered to some people's surprise that Southern trees still bear strange fruit, that black bodies still swing from trees, that black mother's sons are still being murdered, that black women still are the oppressed of the oppressed, that black mothers die more in childbirth than anybody else. You know what trauma looks like. That poverty in our communities is rampant and pervasive. That children go to sleep at gunfire for a choir. You know what trauma looks like. You felt it in your life. No one comes through this life traumaless. No this is a graduation commencement. And these brothers are coming out of Morehouse. 20 years ago, the commencement didn't talk like that. But this is the world that we're in. And this is the consciousness. Lady Future, let's clip it. Use your voice. Talk to your sons, even if you feel uncomfortable. And don't let a divorce make you not be a father to a child you brought into the world. Fight whoever you got to fight to see your child. Don't you just let your son or your daughter be out here without you. There's something in you they can't get from nobody else. Somebody shout, I'm a man. Man got responsibilities. It's hard to be a man. It's tough to be a man. It's uncomfortable to be a man. But nonetheless, be one anyway. Be one anyway. Be one broke. You ain't got to buy your child Jordans to be a father. All you got to do is show up and spend time with him. Every man shout, be a man. Don't you ever be more father to somebody else's child than you are your own. Don't lose. Um... I guess that's what this show is about, so I don't need to add anything to that. Lady Future, let's clip it. In tune with nature, they'll make a bird sound, and the bird will show you where the honey is. And then there's a pack of 50 dogs following us, and the dogs aren't pets, they're hunting tools. So the dogs are the first line of defense. You saw the pictures. They're ripped, back muscles, six packs. The kids have six packs. So we're in a cave. Men sleeping on the top, women on the bottom. We wake up, there's another cave, and you see, oh, there's people in that cave. No, they're baboons. And they're pointing at us. They're pointing, they're like, look, they're coming. So I'm like, this shit is crazy. We're hunting baboons. They're like, there's tons of meat on them. We're gonna, it's enough to feed our family. Think about running again. I can't run at top speed for hours. These guys aren't sweating. I'm like, what's going on? We've been running for five hours. You guys aren't sweating. These are African warriors straight from Africa, eating the food to nourish the bodies. This is what I mean about our greatness. I'd be pissed off too. So in the future, it is clearly time 
for us to keep things pushing among our people. Lady Future, let's clip it. People can't afford to operate like the other races. The other races have a community. They have life support to back them. Black people don't have a damn thing. So why in the hell are we operating like the other race? We can't afford it. We don't have the privilege to. We need to reestablish our community first so we can identify those people who are down with us. Because all black people is not down with you. Just because they're the same color, uh, skin color, don't mean they, they got your best interest at heart. You see it every day, which is why we need some type of community so we can wall ourselves in and we could create a safe haven for our damn children to grow up in. But nobody want to do that. Everybody want to be an individual because we need it. But I'm telling you, black people can't afford to operate like the other races. The other races have a community. They have life support to back them. Black people don't have a damn thing. So why in the hell are we operating like the other race? We can't afford it. We don't have the privilege to. We need to reestablish our community first so we can identify those people who are down with us. Because all black people is not down with you. Just because they're the same color, uh, skin color, don't mean they, they got your best interest at heart. You see it every day which is why we need some type of community so we can wall ourselves in and we could create a safe haven for our damn children to grow up in. But nobody want to do that. Everybody want to be an individual because we need it. But I'm, I'm telling you, man, I just love our people. I love the intellect. The only thing we miss, man, is some serious cultural collectivity. Lady Future, let's clip it. <laughs> but I mean, you, you're a public figure, and you're one of those public figures who... Did you say nigger? No, I said, <laughs> I said a public oh, figure. I thought you... I thought... <laughs> I, thought, I, thought I thought you said you're a public nigger. <laughs> oh, figure. Would I dare you say figure? That's right, figure. Oh, I thought... Oh, <laughs> See, I threw that in there because Ali... This brother was so intelligent, but he had a sense of humor. And he wasn't afraid of who he was. Unlike a lot of the modern African-American men are. Lady Future, let's clip it. At the very same time that America refused to give the Negro any land, through an act of Congress, our government was giving away millions of acres of land in the West and the Midwest, which meant that it was willing to undergird its white peasants from Europe with an economic floor. But not only did they give the land, they built land-grant colleges with government money to teach them how to farm. Not only that, they provided county agents to further their expertise in farming. Not only that, they provided low interest rates in order that they could mechanize their farms. Not only that, today many of these people are receiving millions of dollars in federal subsidies not to farm, and they are the very people telling the black man that he ought to lift himself by his own bootstraps. And this is what we are faced with, and this is a reality. Now, when we come to Washington in this campaign, we are coming to get our check. At the very and the reason why I had this little clip is because there are people that have mentioned that Martin Luther said he felt like 
he had led his people into the burning house. Well, the blessing that I have is I came up during that time, and that's not what he was saying. What he was saying was, my people should be able to go anywhere in the United States and not fear for their life. They should be able to apply for a job anywhere, but based on the content of their character. Because he clearly said, we're coming to Washington to get our check. And he was talking like that in the 60s. Lady Future, let's clip it. Arguing with me, right? And tussling with me about submission and, and black women being single mothers and, and all these other things, right? The Supreme Court was out here striking down affirmative action in higher education. <laughs> oh, we got to talk. While y'all have been out here fighting about things that have not helped the community in any way for like the past two to three years, Clarence Thomas and the other conservatives on the Supreme Court at a vote of six to three just struck down affirmative action for your white women. Your preferences no longer have affirmative action to make themselves seem as though they are superior to black women, brown women, and everybody else. Oh, I can't wait for the girls to fight. Because white women, I hope y'all understand that this is going to hurt y'all just like Roe v. Wade being overturned hurt y'all. I hope y'all kept y'all handmaid's costumes, child, because y'all going to be fighting out here for y'all very lives very soon. Some of y'all are not going to be able to get y'all Mrs. Degrees the way you used to. But meanwhile now, as a black woman that attended an HBCU, Savannah State University to be exact, and got her degree in 2005 from the College of Liberal Arts and Social Sciences. <laughs> There's an opportunity here. If you knackers don't run y'all selves out to every quality HBCU you can find, don't give these PWIs a quarter nickel or a dime of your grant money, state money, or student loan money ever again. And you HBCU admission boards, I'm going to need y'all to get in formation, okay? Instead of focusing solely on athletics, I'm going to need y'all to start going out here and recruiting these black schools and black communities and black neighborhoods because we have got to look out for ourselves because they are about to be fighting for their lives out here. Because let's be clear, we ain't never needed affirmative action to get into these PWIs. We have always been smarter, talented, and capable of doing the work to earn these degrees in America. We needed affirmative action because those PWIs would not let us in. And while a Harvard degree looks good on paper, and yes, it can get you some really good connections, don't sleep on the power of a Spelman degree, of a Morehouse degree. Let's go. Get to it. Chop, chop. Sister was on point. Okay. I don't have anything else to add to that, you know, so Lady Future, let's keep it rolling. Lead their household. Men have been leading their households for centuries. Let's go back to the black community. When the black man was the head of the household, notice how our family stayed together. The divorce rate isn't what it was. A single parent rate is over 80%. Flip over to when the crack epidemic came in, a lot of black men was taken out of the household, mass incarceration. Now we have a single parent-led household, more of a matriarchy. And look at the difference with our families and children now without the protection and leadership of the black man. Only in our community that 
we are demonized for saying that the black man should lead their household. And leadership doesn't mean abusing nobody. It doesn't mean a dishonor because you look at the way leadership is meaning. It's like you honor your wife, you honor your children, you provide, you protect. And part of protecting your wife is saying, hey, baby, don't, don't, don't wear that because you're trying to protect her. It's like, why are black men in particular demonized for saying that they need to lead their household? There you go. Wow. That's what I thought. That's what I thought. Right there. Men should. I got to tell you, again, we can make a difference. I'm just wondering, is, is it going to be 2024 or 2025? But for sure, it's got to be within the next 10 years. Otherwise, we're out the game. Lady Future. Let's clip it. Drugs decimated our community because it flooded our community with drugs. They say Reagan flooded the community with drugs. That's a terrible thing. But then we asked the Democrats to do something about it. What they do? They locked up everybody who sold drugs and left the crackheads to raise the community. <laughs> the person who wrote the bill for all of the locking up is the nigga you asking us to vote for now. Which is hilarious that you say the Republicans didn't do anything when in fact, as terrible as Donald Trump is, he made it so that all of those people who were locked up were able to vote again, giving us voting power again. All those people who had felonies that could not vote can now vote again, and they voted for the nigga who put them in prison. At what point do we actually want to see what our power is? Truly. Because if Republicans don't give a fuck because they don't expect us to vote for them, and Democrats absolutely expect us to vote for them, if we do not vote at all, wouldn't that then put us in position of power with the Democrats for them to have to actually do something to get our vote? Isn't leverage what this is all about? So I say sit one out. What's the worst that can happen? COVID. <laughs> no, really, what's the worst that can happen? George Floyd. Yeah, because they definitely didn't kill no niggas under Obama. Do we have to go through the list? All the notable names except George Floyd were under Obama, but that's neither here nor there. It don't rub you the wrong way a little bit as a black person that a white man can look you in the face and say, if you don't fuck with me, you ain't black nigga. Who are you to tell me about my blackness? And I had an issue with that. And niggas was like, but he right. But he white. What the fuck are you talking about? At when did we start letting motherfuckers talk to us like this? At some point, black people, when are we going to have pride? The war on drugs. And that's the end of our show. And again, I appreciate everybody taking the time to listen. And again, the second Sunday and the fourth Sunday. This is the end of our show. And thank you. This crusty, dusty, musty looking right here, who you might recognize from the bushes holding a set of binoculars. This is Tennessee Republican Representative Scotty Campbell. Uh-uh, wait a minute. Former representative, yeah, because this resigned yesterday after he was found to have been sexually harassing interns and the Tennessee GOP knew about it. Y'all, they had a whole ethics investigation where they found that he had violated workplace harassment policies when he sexually harassed these women. And they sent the report to Sex Scandal Sexton, I'll wait for it, March the 29th. Now, for a point of reference, Sexton didn't do a thing about this. Instead, on April the 5th, he and his cronies got together and decided to expel Justin Jones and Justin J. Pearson for lack of decorum uh, because they protested gun violence. I know you lying. You sat here and covered up the misdeeds of this to catch a predator looking right here to the point that you had to spend thousands of taxpayer dollars to move his victim away so you could further cover it up. But you came after Jones and Pearson? For lack of decorum. Now we are all in your closets finding all your skeletons, baby. Should have sat there and ate your food. Should have managed me up for them business. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, that's it. The emperor, the conqueror, the champion, the lion is here. Hey, I'm
girl. 